This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. The truth about the end time. The king and his kingdom. With Pastor Shola Shumakide. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we bless your name. We give you praise. Thank God for another day, another beautiful Sunday to share the word of God together. I want to welcome you from wherever you are watching us from. This is household of David. Mercy moment. Lift up your hands and just give him praise. Heavenly Father, we worship you. We give all the glory. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity again to learn at your feet. We ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that our eyes of understanding be open to what you are saying now in the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank God for another opportunity, another Sunday. Today we are looking at something very serious, something very powerful. Now, we are talking about the king and the kingdom. But I want to start with talking about a shift from church to kingdom. You know, we function by the understanding that we have. And understanding is power. Now, what I want to, what I want to begin to look at is to begin to understand why exactly, why did Jesus come? Why are we born again? Why are we on the face of the earth? You know, they say when purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. It is true. So we must understand the kingdom concept. Why are we here? What is it about our faith? And, oh, dear Lord Jesus, I said from church to kingdom for a reason. Not that we are moving away from church, but the church is supposed to prepare us, to shape us, and do something to us. And that's what we want to look at this morning. Hallelujah. We are going to read a couple of scriptures. And then we want to understand exactly why the master came, his mission. And the first thing I will call our attention to this morning is to look at what Jesus said to Pilate. Pilate asked Jesus a very important question that begins to point to and what every Christian should know about the faith that we have been brought into. Now, this is a broad subject. And I believe, God, that your eyes will be opened to see. Now, Herod asked Jesus, or Pilate, asked Jesus, he said, are you a king? John 18, 37. Let's start from there. That's very interesting. Hallelujah. In John chapter 18, verse 37, the Bible says, Pilate therefore said unto him. Now, Pilate is asking Jesus, Are you a king? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am. I'm a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause I came into the world. You can never be effective as a Christian without understanding the very purpose of Christianity. I believe everybody listening and watching 
will agree with me that the present state of the church and the present state of the world, how you see things, except we know something deeper than what we've always known, Christianity cannot deliver the mandate as it should. That's why we are talking about this today. There is something missing. And because this shift is yet to take place in many places, please follow me this morning. We have not been brought into a religion. We have not been brought into a church life as we see it. The master came to do something deeper than that. You can stand at a door and the door is open and look into the building without entering the building. Now, this is why we are sharing this. Oh, I trust God that this will correct all the hills and the body of Christ and that this will set somebody on motion because when revelation comes, when understanding sets in, something happens to you. Hallelujah. Just look at this. Now, Jesus did not hesitate to tell Herod. Uh, Pilate, sorry, I don't know why I keep saying Herod. Pilate, he said, number one, I'm a king. And he said that this is the reason why I've been brought into the world. For this cause, I was born. That alone should make every Christian want to know. So, in other words, uh, I'll make some powerful statements in a while. But this John 18, 37, Pilate said, are you a king? He said, yes. You say it. He said, for this cause, I was born. And then for this reason, to this end, to this end, I came into the world. To what end? I'm a king. Now, the first thing that should happen to our mentality as a Christian that will, that will change you from within is to recognize the fact that Jesus Christ, Jesus is not a president. Jesus is not a prime minister. Jesus is a king. Can I hear amen? And except you understand kingdoms, you will not fully understand what he expects of us and what he has come to do. Again, he did not come to give us religion. There is something beyond that that we must understand. That is the journey we want to take in a while. And brethren, this is deep and I will be careful as we move one step after the other. Because it's not going to be a terrain that men are not familiar with. So Jesus said that to this end. So we are talking about a king. The king and his kingdom. Mm. The king and his kingdom. Jesus taught us how to pray. And he said, when you pray, say, our father. That is Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9. Who art in heaven? Number one, that teaches that God is in heaven. Our Lord be thy name. What's the next thing? He says, say, thy kingdom come. Today, I'm just going to do the introduction. Which kingdom? We just read, he said that I was born a king. I was born for this purpose. Now, the Bible said, thy kingdom come. Everybody knows about what we call the Lord's Prayer. Actually, that was the prayer the Lord taught the disciples. I think God's original, the Lord's Prayer really should be John 17, where Jesus prayed from the beginning to the end. But in this one, he taught the disciples, he said, when you pray, say, thy kingdom come. Then he said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Now remember the beginning of the prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. Now anybody who looks at this scripture very closely, you are going to discover, oh thank you Jesus, our heavenly Father has a kingdom up there in heaven. Or some say heaven is not up. He has a kingdom in heaven anyway that he wants to replicate on earth. So Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, there are many churches in Nigeria. There are many churches all over the world. But there is only one kingdom. The work of the church is to prepare saints to understand kingdom and to live a kingdom life. Hallelujah. He said when you pray, then towards the end of the Lord's prayer, what they call the Lord's prayer, then Jesus said, for thine is the kingdom. He said when you want to. Now look at the prayer again. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. That means when his kingdom is on the face of the earth, that is when his will will be done on earth. Then he said, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Which kingdom? That's why we are talking about the king and his kingdom. Which kingdom? I also want to call your attention at this beginning to the fact that about 53 times in the book of Matthew alone and about 44 times or there about in the book of Luke, Jesus used the expression, the word kingdom. Kingdom. The first message that proceeded out of the mouth of the master was to say, repent, Matthew 4, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus never came to begin to announce church. Now, I'm a pastor. Church is very important and we'll get to that in a while. But Jesus began from the day one of his message to emphasize the coming kingdom. Listen to me. Because the answer to every crisis, the answer to all the issues in the world, there is a way you behave when you are in the church. But when you move to the kingdom, it will change how you look at things and how you behave. Kingdom. The first message Jesus preached, the kingdom of God is at, as a matter of fact, the message that John began to preach was also to say that the kingdom of God, John announced the kingdom. Jesus announced the kingdom because of one thing. Oh, I want to go to the vision of Daniel, but before then, pay attention to this. Why is this so important to God? There is a concept that God, listen to me, I say when we're talking about the last days, God never planned that man should live in heaven. God planned that man should live on earth under the influence of his kingdom. That's what the Bible said that I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the hearts. He planned that somebody is ruling over there and then man is representing him in his kingdom over here. This is what we are going to get very soon to the concept of why a man should be born again. Have you ever saw the first message Jesus preached was about the kingdom. Now Nicodemus came to Jesus in the night, John chapter 3. And if, if we start from verse 3 down to 5, Jesus did not hesitate in telling Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot, he cannot see the kingdom. Oh God. It will amaze a person that with how much Jesus dwells on this topic, that we don't talk about him much in the church. Jesus did not tell Nicodemus that a certain man goes to church. 
even though going to church is very important, Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see. Being born again is not being born again for itself. It's to provide an entrance into something. So Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, while he was still battling with that, Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter. What? Kingdom. Remember, he told us when you pray, pray that kingdom should come. When the master started preaching, he began his message on the kingdom. Now, he wanted to tell a man who came to meet him in the night, still on the same matter. He said, except a man be born again, he cannot enter. What is the kingdom? Revelation chapter 11 verse 15. The Bible said the kingdoms of this world, they have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. We will look at that later. And it shall reign. What kingdom? This is the old story. This is all about creation. That is to be understood here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24. The Bible said, There come at the end. Now, Revelation 15, that the Bible said, There come, then come at the end. When he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. So at the end of the day, Jesus is going to take something. When all this tribulation, whatever we've talked about, the church, the tribulation, the last days, whatever has been on our apostle, prophet, everything, at the end of everything, Jesus will put an end to rules, to power, to authority. He will deliver the kingdom back to the hands of God. This begins to tell us that something, this is why until the nations of the earth accept the kingdom of God, there will never be peace on earth. No nation on earth is having a good right now. Some are peaceful, broke. Some are not broke. Africa, they have their own problem everywhere all around the world because of something missing. Listen, man was created by God to pioneer and to lead his kingdom on earth until that is understood the earth will never be restored to its original plan that the master had for it when he first created it so chaos will continue civil unrest and all kinds of unrest everything will continue because something is missing and what is missing is the very very uh, important is the very reason why the whole world was created in the first place. Hmm. What is this? Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. I'll begin to enter into it later when we begin to define kingdom. But I want to read something again, which will be our beginning of looking into it. Now, I just decided to let us look at So when Paul wrote also, so Jesus prayed the message of the kingdom. He told us to pray, or he told the disciples, based on how you are looking at it. Then Nicodemus came to meet him. He told Nicodemus the same thing. Now, Paul said this is the end of the matter. He's going to deliver the kingdom to God. What is this? I need to go through all this to say some very important things. Just pay attention. Hallelujah. Everybody, wherever you are saying, there is a kingdom and there is a king. There is a kingdom 
and there's a king. See, let's go back to Revelation 11:15, and then I begin to come. I'll just speak briefly about Daniel, and the next time we move fully into this. This is just an introduction. Hallelujah. Revelation 11, the seventh angel sounded and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and it shall reign forever and ever. Somebody say amen. The kingdoms of this world. So again, Jesus spoke about kingdom. Now, the Bible is saying that there is what you call the kingdoms of this world. So, you have the kingdom of God. One kingdom of God. Then you have kingdoms of this world. Mm. And then Jesus ended that prayer by saying that for thine is the kingdom. What's the Lord trying to say? When we're talking about tribulation and all those things, we looked at what Daniel said. In the vision of Daniel, Daniel chapter 2. Oh, in verse 44, for time, I will not read the whole place, but I will encourage you to read from the beginning. Nebuchadnezzar slept in the beginning and he had a dream. He saw an image and he saw the head gold, the chest silver, then bronze, then the leg. He saw iron and clay, the leg. Then he said that he saw a stone without hand. Oh, this is sweet. And the stone came and smote the image. The stone did not land on the head. The stone did not land on the shoulder. The stone landed on the feet of the image, the clay. Every word in the Bible is important. There is a reason. And this is where we will take it from the next. But this is where it gets very interesting. Now, when Daniel finished telling Nebuchadnezzar the dream, of course, he dreamt and he forgot the dream. Then Daniel said, this is the interpretation. He said, you king, you are the head of gold. That is Babylon. He said, after you will be another kingdom. And then like that. And then he said, there will be the fourth kingdom, iron and clay. That's Roman Empire. Then he said, in the days of this king, verse 44. Verse 44 is very powerful. He said, in the days of these kings, shall God of heaven set up a kingdom that shall not be destroyed. Hallelujah. Hey. When we get to, we are going to get to the point where this is the answer to anything going on in any time. Listen to me. Those who understand kingdom gospel can never be afraid of anything. Why? Hebrews chapter 12 said that we have a kingdom that cannot shake. God said that we shake heaven and earth. Some of the shaking is going on around the world now. God is behind some shaking. He will shake. Hebrews says so. What he said in that guy? Paul said that he will shake or whoever wrote Hebrew. He will shake heaven and earth. But as is shaking everything. We have a kingdom that cannot shake. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> so the Bible says, In the days of these kings, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. There is a kingdom that cannot be destroyed. Now, the next is said, The kingdom shall not be left to other people. It cannot be. Nobody can overcome it. Then he said, But... He shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Oh, glory to God. Next verse, verse 45. For as much as you saw that the stone was cut out of, from the mountain with no hand and it broke in pieces and he said that and the dream is certain and the interpretation is sure. When he was talking about that at the beginning, he said the stone that came filled the whole earth. Oh, the old earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as water covers the sea. 
Now, this is the interesting thing. If you read from the beginning, the stone smote the image at the feet. I want that particular verse. I want us to read it. That should be verse uh, Daniel 2. Go up to Blessed be the name of the Lord. I need us to get this. Okay. Now I want first no go back to the beginning. I want when he was talking about the dream. Let's start from verse 20. Let's start from verse 32. This image was fine gold. Now, verse 34. Verse 34 is where I'm going. Thou sowest till a stone was cut out without hand. Which more the image where? Upon his feet. They were of iron and clay and break them in pieces. See, every detail in the word of God is important. When did the stone? The stone came and smote the image at the feet. God was trying to say through Daniel the time that the kingdom of heaven will start. So God was trying to show something. He said, you have seen Babylonian kingdom. A kingdom is a territory ruled by a king. Oh, this is what I want to get to next week. And a kingdom must have some important things. Number one, every kingdom will have a law. Every kingdom has a language. They have a culture. There is a king and there is a territory. We are going to get to that next time, next Sunday, by the grace of God. Because this is why I said that when saints understand this, it will, oh God. That's why the Bible says you are an ambassador. You are going to understand what the Bible is trying to do. That beyond us coming to church, church is supposed to do something to us. God's idea is that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because through our Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdom has come and the kingdom lives in us because the Holy Ghost lives in us. And that kingdom is supposed to be expressed. And it is different from all other kingdoms. Now, Daniel said, a stone came and smote at the feet. So Babylon, the stone did not come to the head because Jesus did not come in the time of Babylonian Empire. The stone did not come to the chest. It did not hit the image at the chest because Jesus did not come through Medo-Persia Empire. The stone did not hit the thigh, the brass, because Jesus did not come in the time of Greek, Grecian Empire. The stone came. Remember, Jesus was born when Roman Empire were in charge. And the feet of iron and clay, that's Roman Empire. And Daniel said, in the days of the king, he said, you saw a stone and the stone entered through the leg broke the leg and then broke the entire image that means the kingdom now jesus christ is the cornerstone hallelujah and the bible says you to us you also you are living oh god so the bible is saying that in the time of the fourth king which happened to be roman empire the most high the kingdom will penetrate and enter the scene so jesus came when roman empire so roman conquered greece the roman empire conquered greece and when they were ruling the world the stone showed up. At the beginning, it wasn't a big stone. It smote the image. Destroyed the image. The wind blew them away. And the stone started getting big until it filled the old heart. The old heart will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as water covers the sea. Jesus Christ is the stone. is the cornerstone. is the rock of ages. He was the one that Daniel saw in form of a stone. His kingdom shall not be left to other people. The Bible said the kingdom will stand forever and ever. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. So there is a kingdom. Now, God allowed this to be. In other words, 
God was explaining to man through the visions of Daniel that in order to understand what Heavenly Father is trying to do, civilization might not help in the sense that all most nations of the earth are under a democratic rule now, kind of government. God is not, is not into democracy. God is a king. Hi. <laughs> oh, I don't want to get ahead of us. This is what we are going to get into. In democracy, the people will write the law and then they will appoint leaders by voting. That is not Jehovah's style. In the kingdom, the king writes the law and he binds on everybody. See, not understanding this. Oh. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Kings are never elected. You have, you have to be born a king. You have to understand what God is trying to do. So Babylon ruled the old world. Medopassian ruled the old world. Greece ruled the old world. Romans ruled the old world to the point that if you were in another country, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. And you mention to them that I'm a Roman citizen. They will almost worship you. After flogging Paul, after beating him, he looked at the soldier and he said, are you supposed to beat a Roman citizen? He was in Jerusalem when he was saying that I'm a Roman citizen and they began to apologize immediately. They had tied him up. They were wondering why they tied him. They removed the robe. A Roman citizen. God allowed it to get to the level of Rome where the emperor was in Rome. But everywhere under Rome was every, every other nation was under the rulership of Rome. So with the signature of the emperor, you could get anything done in any colony of Rome. God was waiting for that to happen. When that happened, they brought the kingdom that by now, people should have an understanding of what we are trying to do. The same way all those kingdoms came into the world, and I will stop on this. Every nation this kingdom ruled over, they replaced their culture with their own culture. You begin to understand why they changed the name of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They gave them those names. That was not their original name. They were given that name. Daniel was given no, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach. They, they changed their names and gave them a different identity according to the language and the culture of the Chaldeans. I'm going to. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. Everybody say the word change. Change. Church doctrines might not change you. But when you understand kingdom, kingdom, we are going to get deep. I, I have just laid the foundation. At least you can understand now that there is kingdom and then that God has been emphasizing kingdom and that there are prototypes. When you study Babylonian Empire, as soon as they conquer the place, they will put a leader there and then everything about that place will become like Babylon. The Roman soldiers in Jerusalem were not in Rome. But right there in Jerusalem, they could beat anybody. They were the ones who crucified Jesus Christ. Pilate was ruling. Not because he was a Jew or whatever. 
but because he was appointed and the money they were spending they had to put Caesar's image on it they were Jews they were in Jerusalem yet their money belonged to Caesar to the point that Jesus said render unto Caesar what is Caesar and unto God what is God what is God trying to tell us about the power a kingdom can win then you begin to understand why we are ambassadors here of what kingdom I'm going to stop here today so this is just the beginning hallelujah oh blessed be your name Lord Jesus we give you praise we thank you we honor you we worship you thank you for your word thank you for this time all praise to your name in Jesus name thank you for being a part of our broadcast you know we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life coming into Christ is beyond joining a church is beyond a religion it is joining God's family and that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus so I just want to lead you right away now if you are if you want to give your heart to Christ just say after me say Lord Jesus I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins I accept you as my Lord and my Savior and from today I belong to you if you have said those words will be late you are born again you are part of God's family right now you can go ahead and rejoice about it God bless you 